0: Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is January 13th. Today we're going to continue on in this week's Come Follow Me block by talking a little bit more about the verses that Moroni quoted to Joseph Smith. But before we jump into those, I want to talk just a little bit more about the items that were buried with the plates. Verse 35 tells us that there were two stones and the breastplate, and that those stones were the Urim and Thummim. Now, it's interesting because the Urim and Thummim were actually different from the seer stone that Joseph had. In fact, Joseph had his seer stone before he ever dug up the plates. Oftentimes in our day, we hear something like someone using a seer stone to divine something, and it sounds really strange and even can be very off-putting for some people. However, I think it's important to realize that throughout all of history, it was not uncommon for people to divine things using objects. Seer stones were a very common thing in the Old Testament and New Testament, but even in Joseph Smith's day, it was not uncommon for someone to have a seer stone. But I think it's important to recognize that Joseph Smith was a prophet. He was a seer. He had the gifts of revelation, and prophecy with or without the stone. It's not like he held the stone and then obtained those gifts. No, those gifts came to him by the Spirit because of his calling and because of the work that God had commanded him to do. However, the stone, because it was something that he knew, something that he was comfortable with, something that was common at the time, the stone gave him a place to focus his faith so that he could use those gifts for the good of mankind. Okay, so let's jump into some of these verses that Moroni quoted to Joseph Smith. In verse 36, it says, After telling me these things, he commenced quoting the prophecies of the Old Testament. He first quoted part of the third chapter of Malachi. It's interesting. Joseph Smith doesn't tell us what verses in the third chapter of Malachi, but just looking at the third chapter of Malachi and looking at the things that Moroni was teaching Joseph, I tend to think that he quoted maybe the first three or four verses of Malachi 3. Then he goes on and says, and he quoted the fourth or last chapter of the same prophecy though with a little variation from the way it reads in our Bibles. Instead of quoting the first verse as it reads in our books, he quoted it thus, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall burn as stubble, for they that come shall burn them, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. And again he quoted the fifth verse thus, Behold, I will reveal unto you the priesthood by the hand of Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he also quoted the next verse differently. And he shall plant in the hearts of the children the promises made to the fathers, and the hearts of the children shall turn to their fathers. If it were not so, the whole earth would be utterly wasted at his coming. Okay, so let's break those verses down just a little bit. When it says, for behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven and all the proud, yea, and all that do wicked shall burn as stubble. It's interesting because we know that at the end of the world, God will literally cleanse the earth by fire. Just as the flood of Noah baptized the earth with water, the earth will also be cleansed by fire. Just like we're baptized with water and then our confirmation, the gift of the Holy Ghost is symbolic of being cleansed by fire. The earth is going to experience that same thing. However, I think the second part of that verse is the most interesting. It says, it shall leave them neither root nor branch. So in that day, those who are proud, those who refuse to repent, those who don't come unto the Lord are left without root or branch. Root is where the tree comes from. Branch is what comes after the tree or what comes because of the tree. So in that day, those people are left without root, meaning ancestors or branch meaning children or those who will come after. I think that's particularly significant because of the next verse. I will reveal unto you the priesthood by the hand of Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So before that day comes, before God cleanses the earth by fire, before any of that, God will prepare his people by restoring the higher priesthood through Elijah the prophet. I love that. God has a plan. He has an order. He doesn't just say, okay, I'm going to destroy the earth. I'm going to cleanse it by fire. Good luck to everyone because I haven't created a way for you to be saved. That's just not true. God says, yes, the earth will be cleansed. The earth will be burned at the coming of the Lord. However, before that ever happens, long before that ever happens, I will prepare my people by sending the prophet Elijah to restore the priesthood of God. And Elijah, through that priesthood, will plant in the hearts of the children the promises made to the father, and the hearts of the children shall turn to their fathers. Through that priesthood, all of a sudden we're going to care more about our roots and our branches. Through that priesthood, we are going to have a way to reach out to our roots and our branches. Through that priesthood, Through the ordinances of the gospel, through the plan that the Lord has prepared, our roots and our branches will be spared. Notice in that first verse, it says, it will leave them neither root or branch. But my friends, because of the higher priesthood, because of the coming of Elijah and the restoration of the ordinances of the gospel, we can maintain our roots and branches. We get to hold on and be connected to our ancestors forever. We get to hold on and be connected to our children and our posterity forever because God has a plan. Now, I love this because right after that, it says, were it not so, the whole earth would be utterly wasted at his coming. This verse is so interesting because my husband and I have always seen it so differently. When it says that the earth will be wasted, my husband has always assumed that that meant that it would be destroyed but I've always read that verse completely differently. I've always read it as if we weren't sealed to our ancestors and our posterity forever because of the priesthood of God and because of the restored ordinances of the church, the earth would be wasted because there would have been no purpose. My friends, the purpose of this earth was to come, to be tested, to accept the ordinances and covenants of the gospel and to join God's family together forever and to return together to his presence. And if the purpose of the earth is to accept the covenants and ordinances and to join together with our family so that we could all be exalted together, then without that higher priesthood, without the coming of Elijah, without the restoration of the ordinances, what would have been the point of this earth? This entire earth, our entire experience here, would have been wasted. It would have been pointless. But my friends, I testify that there is a purpose to this earth life, that our Father in Heaven has a plan, and that part of that plan includes the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ, along with a restoration of the higher priesthood and the covenants and the ordinances that come with it. This is the purpose of our time here on earth. To create these welding links, as Joseph Smith called them, with our family so that together we can return to our Father in Heaven. And my friends, that is our responsibility. That is one of the reasons why we have the gospel of Jesus Christ now in our day. So that we can seek them out. So that we can turn our hearts to our fathers. And so that we can fulfill that great purpose of our Father in Heaven. A former general authority named Robert L. Simpson once said, The Savior had the power to provide immortality for the entire human race. We have the power to do vicarious work for only one at a time, but it is for the same glorious purpose and made possible by the same authority. My friends, I testify that it was by priesthood authority that the Savior was able to cleanse us with his marvelous atonement. And it is by that same priesthood authority that we are able to create that welding link with our ancestors and with those who will come after us. For this purpose, we are here on this earth today. And for this purpose was the gospel of Jesus Christ restored. Let us not waste the opportunity to do our Father in Heaven's glorious work.